What's doing, everybody? Today is Tuesday, September 5th. Lieutenant Governor Winston Sears joins me on the podcast today, and we have got a lot to discuss. Plus, Dr. Anthony Fauci is really concerned that Americans will not comply with the mask recommendations this time around. And an 11-year-old boy in Ohio is killed on his way to the first day of school by an illegal alien. I'm Alec Lace. This is The Alec Lace Show. The American family is under attack. Parents are the underdog of this nation. Your children are being indoctrinated. That's right. Your children. They do not belong to the state. They do not belong to the school system. They belong to you, the parents, as a blessing from God our Father. So let's preserve, protect, and fight for the American family together. You're listening to The Alec Lee Show. The future is family. Welcome, everybody, to the Alec Lay Show. I'm happy and honored, as always, to be here with you guys. Thank you for stopping by. If you are watching the broadcast live, please get down there and share it so we can get as many people into the live feed here as possible. And please comment in the live chat. Uh, I will be monitoring the live chat during the broadcast here to hit you guys back when I can. Uh, I can't say thanks enough for all of your support. If you're listening, no matter where you're listening, please uh, consider subscribing, liking, commenting, rating, whatever you could do uh, to help keep boosting up the algorithm of this podcast on all the platforms. Uh, Labor Day is behind us now, which means uh, summer is unofficially over and the school season officially has begun. For us, it starts this week. I know for many of you guys across the country, your kids have been back to school already. Here on the East Coast, this week, uh, two out of my four kids will be going back. The other ones will go back next week. So they got a little bit of reprieve here, a little bit of a, a delay of game before the school season starts. But that just brings us back to this reminder of what's been going on in our school systems and how our parental rights are at the forefront of the 2024 elections that are coming our way, and they are steamrolling ahead here. They're going to be here before you know it. And one of the things, one of the points you have got to really drill into your circle, especially when you're talking with parents this year at the ball game or at the practice and, and, and you know, politics comes up or the issues come up, or even if you don't want to bring up the politics, bring up the issue about boys being able to use the girls room because there isn't a Democrat I've met yet that agrees with it. So I would suggest to try to really hammer that point home into the effect of if you vote for Democrats, you're voting for men to use the same bathroom as your daughter. And that's the truth. If you vote blue, you are voting to have grown men use the same bathroom as your daughter. You're voting to have boys compete against your daughter in sports. And that's exactly what you are getting. So drive that point home as we start into the school year, year uh, school year, because it is important. This election is going to be important. The November elections are going to be important, yes, but obviously uh, this presidential election coming up is going to be one you know th- that we may never get another chance at again. So it is a dire situation. Do your part. Talk to the people in your community, the parents especially, because it's the parents that are going to win this country back. And many of you parents across this country uh, are stepping up and have had enough because while you were sleeping. Our border's been invaded, our kids are getting indoctrinated, and so much else is going on. Our prices have gone skyrocketed here. Uh, our, our, our president has been uh, indicted. So many things are happening in this country right now. you got to wake up, you got to pay attention, and do your part no matter what it can be. Talk to the people in your neighborhood. And I, that's what I'm doing here. That's why I'm here with the Alec Lay Show. I've hosted First Class Fatherhood for five years. I've interviewed over 700 dads on that podcast, always kept politics out of the conversation for the most part, and I just cannot do it anymore. I'm sick and tired of watching what's happening in this country and watch what's, watch what's happening to our children. So I'm here, and I'm voicing my opinion. And, you know, I launched this show at the beginning of the summer. And I've been really overwhelmed by the response with it, especially here on Rumble. You guys have been phenomenal. And the response has been great. I've been running it since the beginning of the summer. It was kind of a trial run to see what the reaction would be. And I'm, I'm, I'm all in here. I'm all in on the show. I'm going to... Uh, really just throw myself into bettering myself, into learning these issues, uh, bringing, bringing on the best guests that I possibly can. I'm recommitting myself to this podcast. So I've got the new intro that you heard at the top. I'm going to start the Alec Lace show on this channel. So it'll be a separate channel. I'm going to put it right here on my page. You'll see the new channel, the Alec Lace show. Follow the Alec Lace show channel here on Rumble because I'm going to start uploading the archived shows over to that page. And then by October 1st, my plan 
plan is to do the live shows right from that page. So if you're here on the First Class Fatherhood page, just click over on my channels. You'll see the Alec Lay Show and just hit it with a follow and uh, or subscribe, whatever you have to do over there. And that is where I'm going to start going live beginning October 1st. So I'm going to try to move you guys over to that channel because I know a lot of you get confused when I when I ask you to follow me here. I know the channel says First Class Fatherhood even though this is the Alec Lay Show. So for now, I'm going to keep broadcasting the live shows right here where you get them. By, August 1st, by October 1st, I'm going to move it over to there. So I'd love for you to take the journey with me because we have got to fight back against this attack that has been on our nuclear families in this country. And I harp on it all the time. And sometimes when I have these conversations... People are surprised by what they're seeing, like we see with the, the the boys using the same bathroom as the girls. And they think like, wow, this just started this year. Like they, they think, you know, even when I had Brandon Straka on the podcast here on the Alec Lay Show, he talked about how this has been going on. And even DC Drano talked about this. This has been going on for five years already uh, with this kind of argument with boys competing against the girls. I had no idea it was even that long until I started to investigate some of this stuff myself. But we think about You know, how did this stuff all of a sudden just come about in our country? But what we're seeing right now, this Marxist socialist movement to take over our entire country and destroy our freedom here has been coming for a very long time. And one of the things, maybe you're not familiar with it, but for those of you who are, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Back in the 1920s, 1930s, a woman by the name of Alice Bailey put out a 10-point plan to destroy Christianity and to usher in this new world order. And this was, you know, Alice Bailey died in 1949, so this uh, couldn't have been any later than that, but I believe this was from about the 1930s where she came up with this 10-point plan. And you tell me... From listening to these 10 points, how many of them, how many of these points do you think have already been accomplished here in this country? And I'll put them on the board here so you can see them. So these were Alice Bailey's uh, 10 point, 10 points to usher in the new world order. Number one was take God and prayer out of the education system. I think we could put the big green check mark next to that one, right? Unfortunately, there is no more God in our school systems because uh, that has been removed And unless you have your kids in Catholic school, which I do, uh, you can still bring them to CCD, introduce them to the school, but introduce them to the faith. But God has been taken out of our education system. So that was number one. Number two, reduce parental authority over children. Wow, look at that, huh? Are we seeing that today or what? You know what we're doing here in New Jersey? The teachers are allowed to keep secrets from the parents. The teachers have more authority over the parents, over the children than you do. So have they reduced parental authority? I think so. They want kids to be able to make decisions for themselves. You want to change your sex, change your gender? You should be allowed to do it as a child, even though you can't get a tattoo or drive a car or drink a beer or smoke a joint. They want you to be able to change your gender. So number two, reduce parental authority over children. Number three, destroy the traditional Christian family structure. Boom. We've seen that happen. The family has been under attack. We definitely see especially this push uh, to to continue to lessen the role of the male in the family. They have beaten down men so badly in this country. So many of them walk around with their tails between their legs, afraid of their own shadows, because society has just beaten them to a pulp and made them feel like they're completely useless and worthless. And that's what's happened. And they have destroyed our entire nuclear family structure. In fact, we lead the world in single-parent homes. We lead the world, and we also lead the world in five fatherless households. So point number three was driven like a stake through through the heart of this nation. Number four, if sex is free, make abortion legal and easy. Well, have they done that or what? We've seen that coming. Again, this this isn't just something that was written a couple of days ago. This is a hundred years old, this 10-point plan. So number four, make abortion legal and easy. We've seen that uh, just about everywhere across this country. Uh, we especially see it with so many of the uh, uh, the pro-life people who have been shouted down at all these rallies. Finally got the Roe v. Wade overturned, and that was a big deal. It needs to be celebrated more. But four, sex is free, make abortion legal and easy. Five, make divorce easy and legal. Free people from the concept of marriage for life. We constantly see how we beat. And I, I, the, the reason why I started First Class Fatherhood was because so many young men always looked at me like I had four heads when I told them that I had four kids. 
And they always thought of marriage, getting married, starting a family as the worst thing that they could do. It's going to end their life. They've heard all these horror stories. They have been told that marriage sucks. Avoid it. Stay single. Stay free. Avoid all that drama. Uh, don't have any kids. And you're seeing, we, we now have more 30-year-olds that have never been married than at any other point in our history. And more and more people are not having kids until far later in life, and many of them are not having kids at all. And as a result, uh, the population has dropped. And and it was that part of the goal? You bet your ass it was. So make divorce easy and legal. And we've seen what's happened to the divorce court in this uh, country. Uh, It is a total scam. So many dads have been kicked out of their their children's lives because of the divorce court and the family court system, which has become so corrupt. And it's a multi, multi multi-billion dollar industry. All right. So number five has been accomplished. Number six, make homosexuality an alternative lifestyle. Do I need to comment on that one as we uh, just put another Pride Month behind us here? So homosexuality, not only is that an alternative lifestyle, they want your children to be introduced to the homosexual lifestyle, to the transgender lifestyle, to the LGBTQ as early as kindergarten. They want them to know about the LGBTQ before they learn about the ABCDs. So we have seen that as well. Number seven, debase art and make it run mad. We've seen that through movies. We've seen that through books. We know that they're trying to put these pornography books in all of the schools across the country here. And if you speak out about it, you know, you, you try to go to the podium at the, at the parent-teacher conference and you try to read a paragraph from one of these books, they throw you out of the meeting because they're like, oh, you can't use that language here. But these are the books they want your children to read. So they have debased art and they have made it run mad. Number eight, use media to promote and change mindset. Oof. I don't think that one's been accomplished to you. I think President Trump put that on blast when he became president, pointing out the fake news. And so many people, when they started looking into seeing what was happening and coming from the news organizations in this country, were so amazed at what they saw. But the use media to promote and change mindset. We, we saw it all through the pandemic. We saw it with Trump derangement syndrome. The media machine can be turned on and alter your mind whether you like it or not. And we're seeing it constantly. Number nine, create an interfaith movement. I think that has been accomplished as well. Number 10, get governments to make all these laws and get the church to endorse these changes. As we see now with Pope Francis, the most progressive pope, the first Jesuit pope we've seen in the Catholic Church, uh, you see him embracing so many of the changes that we are seeing. As a matter of fact, he just called out uh, American conservatives, uh, Christian conservatives, Catholic conservatives, I should say, called them out. And then after he called them out, told them, oh, just get over it, what I said. So we are seeing. So I don't know. You follow me here. Hit me in the comments there. How many of these 10 points on Alice Bailey's 10-point plan to destroy Christianity and usher in the new world order? How many of them you think she accomplished, huh? Yeah, I think she's 10 out of 10 on, on that. And again, this is 100 years ago. So this isn't something that just was coming overnight. This is something that's been coming here a long time. All right, so that's why the fight to try to restore this country, to try to restore our family. That's where this entire thing lies, is around us, parents, around families. We have got to make that the focus. That is the future of this country. And I'm going to be talking about that with Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears. She's going to join me here in just a minute. And then a program uh, update Thursday on the podcast here, live on Rumble at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I will be joined by Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn. So you're not going to want to miss out on that one. That one's going to be a banger as well. So please subscribe to the channel uh, and do not miss out on my conversation with Senator Blackburn coming Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time live on Rumble. You guys will be able to catch the feedback or the the rebroadcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever you may be watching this broadcast or listening to it, you'll get a chance to see it. I upload it and archive it. Uh, But if you want to watch it live, head over to my Rumble channel and check out the live broadcast. Also, you'll be able to see all the graphics that I share and the whole bit. Get the full experience here at the Alec Lay Show. All right, so uh, I am pumped up to do this. I am going to hit you guys with a quick spot, and I'm going to be right back on the other side with Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears. You're listening to The Alec Lee Show. Hey, what's up, guys? Shout out to my friend Alec Lee. Number one bestseller, first class fatherhood, guys. Amazing people in this book, like teammates Craig Sawyer, David Rutherford, uh, Don Rosso. You got Medal of Honor recipients like Dakota Meyer. You got uh, Bob Carey. 
You got the lone survivor himself, Marcus Luttrell, and then you got some incredible business leaders like Bedros Koulian, NFL players like NFL champion punter Steve Weatherford, all in this book. You should check it out. First Class Fatherhood, advice and wisdom from high-profile dads, is now available on Amazon. You're listening to The Alec Lee Show. The future is family. All right, guys, let's do this. I got Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears in the Zoom room, and let's bring her in. Uh, joining me now, Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears. Welcome to the Alec Lay Show. Thank you for having me. It's great to be with you. Well, it's an honor to have you here, and I want to jump into your book, um, How Sweet It Is, Defending the American Dream. But real quick, what I wanted to get hit on with you is we have two similar things going on in our states where you in the Commonwealth – have a guidance that uh, there are four districts in your school that are going to defy, that are breaking the law in a sense. I'm here in the in the communist state of New Jersey, where our guidance is telling the teachers to keep secrets from their parents. And we have about three districts that are not going to defy that, that are going to defy that and say, no, 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 we're not going to do that. And the and our governor is suing those school districts, telling them in a sense, you have to keep secrets from the parents in your state. The rule, the rule of law is do not keep secrets from the parents. But these left wing activists, I don't call them teachers anymore. These activists, they are just I don't know. I cannot believe any parent in the world would agree that it's OK for teachers to keep secrets from their parents. I know that was long winded. Just wanted to get your take on it because it really drives me crazy. I'm telling you, Alec, you couldn't have said it better. This is exactly what's happening. I can't imagine any parent would say Keep secrets from me when it comes to my child. You know, we bring our children to the school to be educated, right? And then we find out that they're actually enacting policies that are against me as a mom, as a dad, um, you know, separating my family. So I bring little Johnny to the school, drop him off, and he is a totally different person. And then when it's time for school to end, you turn him back into little Johnny. And I go home, none the wiser. And I'm wondering, why is my child having such mental problems? So, yeah, this is why we in Virginia are fighting for school choice. Uh, we put in a bill this year. It didn't, it, you know, it failed. But now we know, see, Alec, now we know how to fight, who we're actually fighting. We know what we need to, to do to make it better. And we're coming back next year because I tell you what, once you introduce competition into the educational system in the K through 12 space, all bets are off because parents are going to be, be the, the be dictating, not the school board. And it ha and it has to get that way. P parental rights are in such danger and jeopardy all across this country. And I know we've seen that in Loudoun County, where you had the boy dressing up like a girl going in and, and assaulting uh, a female in the locker room. And it's like you know what was interesting, Lieutenant Governor, was earlier this year we saw at the White House when they had their LGBT parade, transgender showed up naked. And the White House called them out on it. And they said, oh, we don't like that. That's disrespectful. We don't want that behavior. Well, if you don't want it there at the White House, what makes you think I want my daughter sharing a locker room with somebody like this? I mean, I don't get I, I don't understand. And the, and the whole thing, too, with allowing men to compete in women's sports. I'm a father of four, but I have a young girl, a little daughter. I don't want her competing against boys in sports. That doesn't make me transphobic. That just makes me a father. And this is the problem that no one can see or, or those who are on the other side of the political spectrum, they're not really understanding, I don't think, or maybe they do, which is even worse, that none of this makes any sense. You have a man standing on the podium who has won against all these other women and we're celebrating him when he ought to be ashamed. So you beat the girls and you feel good about that and, and you have a trophy to prove it. Come on. And then you have our children, our girl children, taking having to take showers with a boy who has the full equipment. In, in, what, in, in any other format, we would have said that this is some kind of sexual assault. But listen, we've got to bring common sense back. That's how we won in Virginia, common sense. We had Democrats and independents who jumped over and said, oh, no, these these other Democrats are so far left. They've lost their minds. And we're talking about the future and hope for my children. And so we won. And that's what we're going to see. You almost won in New Jersey in your governorship as well. Uh, had a Republican governor 
if only we had really put more into it. Because you see, sometimes we write off, uh, you know, certain states. But look how close you came. So next time. Next yeah. time. Yeah, Chitterelli almost got him at the wire there. We were all praying here, believe me. But uh, And I know, you know what it is, too, Lieutenant Governor? It comes down to that, that Marxist ideology that we heard from the President of the United States himself, where he says, there is no such thing as somebody else's kid. These are our kids. You heard his press secretary say, say the same thing. The kids don't belong to, to the parents. They belong to the whole community. Like, that's that Marxist mentality of trying to isolate and separate parents from their kids. And, and I think, I pray to God, more and more people on the left are waking up and saying, no, 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 wait a minute. Uh, these children are mine as a gift from God. They don't belong to the state. They don't belong to the school system. They belong to me. And, you know, you couldn't have said a better thing, really, because we need to remember as parents that the government uh, works for us. You know, the part about of the people, by the people and for the people. Well, we are the people. And what we say has to go. We've got to introduce uh, competition into education. And we're not against public schools. No, what we're saying is as parents, we will make the decision on where to send our children. And I know that the pushback has been, well, you don't want to have public money go towards private institutions, but that's happening already. When you come to talk about TANF and SNAP food benefits, don't we have uh, public money going to private grocery stores? There's not a government grocery store, thank God. And when we talk about Medicaid and Medicare, that's public money that goes to private hospitals, and, and so many other things. Section 8 housing vouchers, that's public money that goes to private landlords. So we've got to make sure that in the K through 12 years, it has to be that way in education, that we the parents, we, we will be the inter doing the interview for where we want our children to go to school. Can you imagine that when we go as parents with our tax dollars to a private school and we want to know, what, what's going to happen here if our children come? And as we're sitting there, the school administrator says, well, we're going to have policies that are going to be secret. And it's going to be that we will have your child be something else when you drop him off. And when you pick him up, you'll be that again. We're going to have teachers who are going to be push, cer pushing certain ideologies on them. We're not going to be teaching certain ways. You know, if they fail, we're going to make sure that they at least get a 50 or something. They won't fail. We're going to advance them even when they haven't learned etc etc you know what you're gonna say alec um kids get up we're out of here can you imagine so this is what we need competition in education yeah and the sad part about that is too lieutenant governor is that you know we, we see them trying to force transition for these kids oh you could be a girl you could we'll call you he we'll call you her we'll call you whatever your pronouns are we're seeing them on puberty blockers we're seeing them do uh mutilating themselves Who's going to be there for these kids down the line when this all goes south? In 10 years, when that child realizes that they're sterile, that they can't have kids, that they can't go back and put the toothpaste back in the tube, they've ruined themselves. Who's going to be there to pick up the pieces for these kids? It's going to be like the Christian community that's going to be there for them. It ain't going to be the left-wing lunatics that forced them to make these decisions in the first place. So it's like they'll drop them like a wet towel once it all comes to that. And I'm sorry that I'm harping on this so much just because, you know, like I said, I have four schools age children and it, and this stuff that we're seeing is just so it angers me just because like, I can't believe so many people would allow this to go on and every time a parent steps up about it they're getting called transphobic and it has nothing to do with that I do believe there's children that suffer from gender dysphoria I think gender dysphoria needs to be treated for what it is but I think the fact that we're trying to push kids into using these pronouns and stuff has got to stop and I've got to tell you it's not just Christian parents we're hearing from Muslim parents Hindu parents everybody Jewish parents everybody uh, they want to make the decision about where to send their children to school. And they don't want these uh, ideologies where their children, their girl children are having to undress in front of boys. They don't want that. Uh, you, you see in, in Maryland, that bastion of democratic uh, government, that you people are, the parents are pushing back. And by the way, I want to say this, there are teachers who themselves, they don't want to be a part of this either. Yes. This is not why they wanted to enter the teaching profession. They love teaching. They don't know what, what the new policies are. They're changing weekly. You know, who are we not going to offend this week? What can we not say this week? There is the, the idea of education being about reading, writing, and arithmetic is not really there anymore. It's whatever the, the, the policies are. And they are leaving the profession in droves. 
and even starting their own schools or becoming, you know, uh, teachers in, in private school. So we want to make sure that those teachers understand we're there for you too. And there's something else I've discovered is that there are on the Democratic side, uh, the, the Democrats, um, they have uh, where they are public school teachers, but they don't send their children to public school. They send their children to private school. So I want to know. If you're not eating at the restaurant and you're the chef, then why are you forcing us to eat at that restaurant? You see, Alex, so th there's a whole host of problems. And what will solve this is finally for us to get to the ballot box. Either we become the candidate ourselves. And of course, there's going to be insults and arrows slung at us. And that's OK, because this is about the future of America. Your children are the future. And then if we're not going to be the candidate, then get behind the candidate, you know, put, put the bumper stickers on your cars, put the sign in your yard, donate, um, uh, help with door knocking, whatever it is. Make sure that come election, uh, the day of the election, that you can say we did everything we possibly could. Great point, because we know they're doing everything they possibly can on the other side. They, they, they are out pointing us in every direction when it comes to getting people to the ballot box, getting them there early, mailing in ballot, whatever it is. They're playing the game a lot faster than we are. And, and you're right. We need to get rally around the people in your community, your circle and get people fired up about this. And the other point you make, too, is that we are losing good teachers, just like we're losing good cops because of the whole defund the police movement. More police officers have left the force that have been generational police officers in the family and they're leaving in droves, just like the teachers are. And one of the other issues I, I, I wanted to hit on real quick before I jump into the book here, the illegal immigrants that are just pouring into the southern border here are affecting every so many states in the country. I know that recently you guys had an illegal immigrant that was accused of abducting and raping a woman in Virginia who overstayed uh, their visa. Now, we, we talk about the, the border being invaded is one part of this, but people overstaying their visa is another. In 2020, there were 700,000 uh, illegals that, that stayed beyond their visa expiring. So how is the border crisis affecting Virginians? Well, you know, fentanyl is coming across the border. So we've always said that every state now is a border state because it doesn't stay in Texas and, and Nevada, et cetera, et cetera. It goes all over and it's coming from China. We have at least five people dying every day because of fentanyl poisoning manufactured in China and the cartels are part of this. We have terrorists who have come across the border who are being financed by Iran. Our State Department has, has found out about this, and now we're all not safe. There's so many sex trafficking is coming across the border. Our children are being sex trafficked. There's so much happening, and we want to know, where's our commander-in-chief? Mr. President, you've got to go see. You've got to go see. See, your first job is to keep us safe. And if it's not happening then what is the point of all this? I mean, I have a door on my whole house to say, I need to know who's coming in because I pay the mortgage around here, you know? So it's the same for our borders. We have to be safe. And you see New York, where I was raised in the Bronx, they said that they were a sanctuary city. Well, hello, how do you like it now? I mean, you said that this is what you were and now you're crying about it. Well, there it is. You've got a taste of your own medicine. And by the way, while you're putting up, putting up the immigrants, are you putting up the veterans who are homeless? What are you doing for them? Are you renting out whole hotels and putting them in there? Because they fought for this country. I think they, had, they should have first dibs. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Lieutenant Governor. Yeah, and I, I'm born in the Bronx myself. My father ran a used car lot over on Jerome Avenue for, for decades over there. And uh, it's I so sad. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew it, I know it very well. And unfortunately, uh, you know, what's happening in New York is just and we saw, you know, it was terrible when I was a kid growing up. But uh, it, it, we saw Rudy Giuliani come in and work a miracle in New York City and be able to lower the crime rate incredibly low and get New York City back to the tourist capital of the world. So you have like a blueprint for how this could work. And they've just scrapped the blueprint and they're just going back to what and we're headed in the exact same direction. I know people say New York, you have about maybe 400 murders a year. Back then it was like 2000 murders a year. And Rudy Giuliani got that under control and they have a blueprint for it. And we have Eric Adams and we have the 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 DA, the left-wing lunatic Alvin Bragg, that are just allowing these criminals to come out. Sorry I've gotten on a tear on that, but just because we're talking New York, it is so, so heartbreaking to see what's happening there. 
it is very heartbreaking and it's unfortunate it doesn't have to be that way and a lot of new yorkers are beginning to wake up that these uh policies of no bail um it's not working we've got criminals who are living next to us and they should be locked up and as soon as these policies start to affect those who are putting them in place it'll change but until then no but you see what's happening for example in chicago these places where they wanted to defund the police where they they the the, the commonwealth attorneys for example or the prosecutors they don't prosecute all these crimes um smash and grabs you know they're not trying that here in Virginia because we've got laws that say you come here and you do that you're going to be arrested of course we do have some renegade commonwealth attorneys who are not doing who are not arresting the people and you see crime ticking up in their neighborhoods and the democrats who live there are beginning to rethink those policies so yeah um you know sometimes you got to hurt and then you wake up to common sense yeah, and just in Chicago, there there's 142 car thefts a day in Chicago, and the and the mayor there is suing the automakers for making it too easy to steal a car. So that's a whole nother bowl of soup. But uh, let, let's get into this here. How sweet it is defending the American dream. You you are you epitome you you are the um the shining light for this American dream, which so many people in this country believe is dead and no longer exists. And I couldn't disagree with that more. I think the American dream is alive and well. And someone like yourself. Uh, is a shining example of that. So tell me uh, how sweet it is. What can the, uh, what can the, I know your story is amazing. Uh, what can the readers expect when they pick up a copy? Oh, they're going to see so many different things about my life that we are not victims. We are overcomers that I've suffered tragedy and, and so many other people have, and we have to rise and, and keep going forward. You know, we can't be in our bedroom slippers and our, and our robes and moping around after we grieve, we've got to keep going forward because there's a whole life yet to be lived. And another thing is, um, when it comes to politics, you know, I mean, I've had death threats. Police had to wire my house, wire my phones to try to keep us safe. Our children were little at the time because I was first elected 22 years ago. And just for being a black Republican, can you imagine that? That we can't afford to have America be that. And then God, of course, is, is, is significant in my life. I'm not going to get to heaven any sooner or later than I'm supposed to. So I ignore the death threats and move on. But education, of course, is also important. Education lifted my dad out of poverty when he came to America with only $1.75. And he came at the height of the civil rights movement. And education lifted me out of poverty. And that's why I push education so hard. Yeah, and, you know, Lieutenant Governor, you talk about the death threats. And, and it seems like, you know, uh, the left side, the, the Democrats seem to be OK with racism as long as uh, the person of color is a Republican or a conservative, because I've dealt with that. Like Larry Elder is somebody who's come on. Today, and I know you took this attack, these attacks to being called the black face of white supremacy. But yet you're you are the first woman lieutenant governor of Virginia. You're the first black woman, first naturalized female citizen, first female veteran elected to statewide office. And you did all this, by the way, in the, what was once the capital of the Confederate states in this country. And talk about shattering like a glass ceiling. Where is the praise from all the people that seemed on the left to seem to be champions of the black community? Why would they not hold you up and say, this is what we're trying to become? I think probably because they see me as a threat because, uh, you know, I'm there are black black Americans who are beginning to understand that maybe just maybe the Republican Party might have a message that they agree with. And I am the proof of that. And uh, here I am still standing. And, you know, when the other side starts losing control, it's all about control. I don't think it's about love. It's about control. And by the way, I don't want all black people to become Republicans. I just want us to leave each other alone so that we can decide how we want to vote politically. And don't tell me I'm not black enough because apparently God thought I was good enough to be black. Whatever it is, you know, you're white enough, whatever. You're Hispanic enough, you're Asian enough. This has to stop. So let's let each other be. I love the Psalm 133, what says, how good it is when brothers live together in peace and harmony. And that's what we want. As the kids say on the street, you do you. And by the way, keep off my grass. I pay the mortgage around here. Yeah, well, uh, unfortunately for the president of the United States, he wouldn't consider you black because he said if you don't vote for him, then you ain't black. And to say something like that and to get away from, to get away with it is mind-boggling to me because you know 
if President Trump had said something like that, uh, they would be playing that on tape on a loop on CNN nonstop all year long. So it's amazing what this guy is allowed to get away with. Uh, I, I love the fact of what you're doing there. What we're riding out now, we just started the school year. We're making the push now to 2024 towards the holiday season a whole bit. What's left for you to accomplish this year? You got anything in the pipeline? What are you guys working on there? What are you looking forward to in Virginia? Oh, absolutely. We're trying to win the Senate back. And, you know, as president of the Senate, I'd love it if I see more Republican faces smiling back up at me because it means now we are really going to be able to get some common sense laws through that will really help all of Virginia, not just Republicans, but it will help Democrats, independents, everybody, Green Party, whoever you are. Uh, because, you know, once you fin once you finish the campaign, now you have to govern and that means you have to bring everybody together. And again, we couldn't have won in Virginia if we hadn't convinced enough Democrats and independents that we were the one with the common sense ideas. And so that's what we're doing. We're, we're also trying to hold on to the House. And I think we're going to do it. You know, I, I, I think we're close enough that we just may do it. And so we are saying, don't wait until Election Day anymore to vote. Your election starts 45 days out. Uh, get thee to um, early voting sites and do it. Also get on um, where your, your absentee ballots, you know, sign up for that. I'm no longer going to the polls. I signed up for absentee ballot when I got confirmation that, yes, they had my request. You know what it said to me, that letter? It says, from now on, 45 days before every election, we are going to send uh, a ballot to your home for every special election, for every primary election, for every general election. This is how the other side is doing it. I have a ballot sitting on my kitchen table 45 days before voting actually starts. So that's what we have to do. Go out and get yourself signed up. And, and if you have things, uh, issues, maybe you don't trust it. Listen, we can't afford that anymore. The system is all right. There are checks and balances in place. You can even get the ballot and take it 45 days before the election down to the registrar and actually fill it in. So there's nothing to worry about. Go and, and no more of this voting on election day. Yeah, ha have to play the game, have to get proactive here. It's 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 crazy that we could do that. It should be an election. But if it's not, you can't uh -huh. sit there and complain that it's not. You got to play the game. You got to play it. Our, our, the, when the rules have changed, then you'll have to change. So yeah. uh, let's uh, even our houses of worship, they can become Dropbox sites, too. So the rules have changed. Go out there. Do what we need to do. We don't want to be wringing our hands in November. Oh, goodness, you know, we've lost. What do we do now? No, we can't afford that anymore. We never could afford it in the, in the past, and we certainly can't because you see how aggressive the other side has become with these nonsense policies and these nonsense laws that do nothing but tear us apart. We have to come together and, and, and vote and uh, all good things. Yeah, right on with that. Uh, and again, I love what you guys are doing in Virginia. I, I did a great interview with, uh, with Governor Yunkin last year on my other show, First Class Fatherhood. Uh, so keep up the great work. Lieutenant Governor Winston Sears, uh, it's been an honor to have you on the podcast here. Thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time here on the Alec Way Show. Thank you very much, Alec. And God bless you and your listeners. Uh, what an honor to have Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears, my kind of girl, Bronx girl. Uh, I, I really, uh, you know, it's, it's such a, a shame well, it's not a shame, but it's a great part of her story that she's born in Jamaica, came over here, raised in the Bronx. But the unfortunate part of that is that she cannot be one of Trump's uh, considerations for vice president. I think she'd make a damn great vice president. Uh, but I, how, how could you? It's amazing how so many people from the left feel the right to be able to just uh, call her uh, ungodly names uh, just because she's a black conservative woman and a strong minded black conservative woman. You got to pick up a copy of Winsome Sears's book uh, because you know what? Winsome Sears is somebody who has uh, overcome a horrible tragedy. Uh, she had a, a, a terrible accident. She didn't have her daughter was involved in a terrible accident years ago that killed her and her two children. So Winsome Sears lost her daughter and two grandchildren in one in one shot, and it was uh, very devastating for anybody to have to go through. But Winsome Sears is somebody who uh, leans on her faith. Uh, she's a very strong believer, and so if you could get over. And check out her book. The link to her book is going to be down there in the description below. 
And uh, she is the all-American girl. She is the American dream. So many people say that the American dream is dead. Well, Winsome Sears is somebody that is a shining light of the American dream. Her book is called How Sweet It Is. The link to the book is down there in today's uh, podcast description. Now, I wanted to talk about uh, Dr. Fauci here, who is concerned. He voiced his concern about people not complying with wearing the masks this time around as uh no surprise he should be. I think, he, you know, of all things Fauci has been wrong about, he should be damn, he should be considered right about this one because uh, we will not comply. But here's Fauci voicing his concern. How worried are you that people will not follow advice to wear masks if, big if, if we get to that? Well, Michael, that's a very good question. As you said, if we get to that, I mean, we're starting to see a surge of cases, as you mentioned about an 18 or 19 percent increase in hospitalizations, certainly going in the wrong direction with looks like a late summer and into the fall surge. How bad it's going to get, we don't know. As you know, this is a very unpredictable virus has shown us that over the last three and a half years. I am concerned that people will not abide by recommendations. Yeah, now Fauci is concerned that for good reasons, because I, for one, am not playing that game anymore. And I know many of you guys out there that are listening right now ain't playing that game anymore either. But isn't it interesting that Dr. Fauci, at the height of the pandemic, when it first started back in March of 2020, he made a total joke out of wearing the masks. He, he said wearing a mask was, was useless. He told you not to wear it. He'll, he, I don't think he admits that now, but that's exactly what he told you. And here's a clip from that. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. You're sure of it? Because people are listening really no, closely to this. Right now, people should not be walking. There's no reason to be walking around with a mask. When you're in the middle of an outbreak, wearing a mask might make people feel a little bit better. And it might even block a, a droplet. But it's not providing the perfect protection that people think that it is. And often... There are unintended consequences. People keep fiddling with the mask and they keep touching their face. And can you get some schmutz sort of staying inside there? Of course. Yeah, there's back-talking Fauci, lie of Fauci. Time and time again, you catch him all the time in these lies. And now there's a new mask study from the NIH that says N95 masks may expose wearers to dangerous levels of toxic compounds linked to seizures and cancer. Now, you're wearing these things. Some people wear them eight hours a day, 10 hours a day. You would have to imagine that it can't be healthy for you, but they have studies out. Now, of course, they attack this study. Oh, well, let's explain it away. And any study that goes against anything to do with COVID-related stuff, uh, that study sucks. Our study is better. And so, you know what? I always promote this, even though it's not a sponsor of the podcast, but if you're forced into a situation where you have to wear the mask, get one from fakemaskworldwide.com. They look legit. They look real. They'll pass the the eye test. They're not real. You can breathe through them very easily. I used them for my kids when we were forced to wear them in school during a pandemic. Uh, So I, I would really recommend using these from fakemaskworldwide.com. They got the double incognito. They got the one that looks like the surgical mask here. So order one of them up if you're, if you're forced to wear them on the flight, because we see it coming. And the signs are everywhere. The government's ordering up all these masks. Say It's coming. There's no doubt about it. So get ready for it. Get over to fakemaskworldwide.com. Get yourself a fake mask. Now, Fauci's lied so much. I don't even think he can remember what he's ever said. But good thing we have this thing called the internet that they created to archive this kind of stuff. Because Fauci was convinced that he never said he was for shutting down the country. He'll tell you time and time again, I didn't try to shut down the country. Well, we have them right here. And this is a great video montage that was put up. And you can watch it here if you're watching live on Rumble. And this is Fauci. The first clip you're going to hear, for those of you listening on Apple, is from July of 2020. Uh, I'm sorry. The first clip you're going to hear is from July of 2022. The second clip is August of 2022. And then we flip it back and you hear what Fauci had to say in October of 2020. Take a listen. First of all, I didn't recommend locking anything down. And the record will show, Neil, that we didn't recommend shutting everything down. I recommended to the president that we shut the country down. Um, And that was a very difficult decision because I knew it would have serious economic consequences, which it did. 
And there's Fauci telling you that, oh, no, I never said to shut the country down. I never wanted to do that. And then you flip back the script and there he is right there uh, telling the president to shut the country down, despite the fact that he knows it's going to crush the country economically, which it did. Uh, and we still have not gotten to the bottom of what has happened to the children, uh, to the elderly. We don't know the results yet of how much of an impact all of those mandates and all of the shutdowns caused on so many Americans. And the cure was turned out to be far worse than the disease. And of course, they're going to be pushing for this heavily. So be on your guard. Be ready for it uh, because it's coming. And I'm not playing the games anymore this time. We will not comply. We will not comply. I will not comply. I know that. I'm not dealing with it. So I'm not having another two years worth of these conversations. There's no way in hell it's going to happen. I don't even want to talk about it right now, but, but this is what we're going to be forced to do. We're going to be forced to have these conversations again. And it is frustrating. Now, what else is frustrating and what else is affecting so many parents around this country is the just invasion of our southern border. Now, you heard me talk about it with Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears. They had one of these illegal immigrants uh, raping that uh, girl in her state and kidnapping. Now we see this happening in Ohio. Now, that one overstayed the visa. The one here in Ohio... Uh, the residents had enough. I'm going to put this on the board. This is so it, it's so sad to even talk about this or discuss it. As we we're saying, this is the start of the school year here. And uh, what, what tragedy strikes in Ohio. Here it is. Illegal immigration in the Rust Belt. Ohio residents say enough is enough after death of 11-year-old Aiden Clark. Now, Aiden Clark was an 11-year-old kid on his school bus headed to school for the first day of school. The school bus gets slammed. By this Hermanio Joseph, 35-year-old illegal immigrant from Haiti, the result of that crash ejected young Aiden Clark from the bus, ended up killing him. Now, the Haitian illegal immigrant arrived in the United States in August of 2022 at the southern border where he was given a one of those uh, court dates to appear and then released into the country. Now, my question here is like, how in the world does this guy sneak into the country? He, they give him a date notice to appear in court, which you know is just a joke. That he's not going to appear anyway. So you may as well just hand him an IOU or just some stupid piece of paper. You might as well give him you may as well just give him a, a Democrat voting uh, uh, ballot because that's where, what you're doing. Give him the ballot and tell him thanks for coming and send them on his way because there's a joke down there. Oh, here's a notice to appear in court. We know you're not going to show up, so take care now. But how does this guy, he crosses the border in October of 2022, he gets up to Ohio. How does he get a, 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 a license, a driver's license, a registration, a car? How does he get a car, register it, insure it? How, how does he do any of these things? And you know what? The people of Ohio in this town are saying that this is a problem with the Haitian illegals that have been there. They're driving on the wrong side of the road constantly. In fact, there were two other Haitians, illegals, that got into accidents right after this incident happened with the bus. So how many more parents are going to have to bury their children because Joe Biden refuses to close the border? The only guy who made a serious, serious attempt to close that border was President Donald Trump. And look at what they did to him. They mocked him for wanting to build the wall. Mocked him. Oh, five billion? Five billion? We can't afford that. We can't afford five billion. We've given 120 billion to Ukraine since then. But we couldn't afford five billion to build the wall. They mocked him for it. He had the catch, he had the stay in Mexico policy. He was doing something about the border. When these guys are coming in across the border, you got to send them back. We need mass deportations in America. That's what we need. We got to have mass deportations. You cannot have, you don't have a country if you don't have a border. So what is the point of any of this? Families have had enough. It's affecting the families. Now down in Texas, these border towns are shot. They are so they are overwhelmed and they're shipping these illegal immigrants to New York and L.A. L.A., which voted to become a sanctuary city back in June. Now they're crying because they have illegal immigrants getting sent there by uh, Governor Abbott from Texas, who's saying, well, well, you want to be a sanctuary city. Here you go. We can't handle all these illegals. Tell your president to close the freaking border down here. But that's not the issue. You know, it, it, it's just. You know, you don't know what it's going to take. And it, of course, you're always grateful that it's not your family that this happened to. But one day it's going to be. 
and it's going to be too late. And it's got something's got to be done about it now. The, the the border is out of control, and then we're seeing it again with the school systems and this Marxist ideology that's being just drilled into your children's head. And then and they and they arrest President Trump not once, not twice, four times they indict this guy. Now some people could call this, you know, election interference. You could call it an act of war. That's what I think. You could call it an act of war. By arresting President Trump and doing this. Because that's what they're pushing for in this country. They're pushing for a civil war. They're pushing to divide this nation. And they want to cripple it. And they are winning. If you haven't noticed at the top of the show when I read the 10-point system from Alice Bailey, they've implemented all them. That part of the deal is already done. It's already here. Their goal is to destroy this country. And they are succeeding. Now, it was only 3% of Americans that fought in that revolutionary war that won us our independence. And it's going to be a small percentage of Americans that are going to stand up and take this country back. And, and, I, and I don't know what that's going to look like. I have no idea. Now, right away, I'm not saying that means go to war. I'm not a, I'm not a veteran guy. I've never, I've never been in a combat situation. The last thing in the world I want to see is some kind of civil war erupt in this country. The last thing in the world I want to see. But it seems like that's the way that they are pushing this country. They're pushing it into a civil war. They're pushing nuclear war with Russia. Who's doing this and why? So parents... I'm right there with you. I'm in the fight with you. I I see what's going on. And as I said before, I'm going to uh, recommit myself to learning the issues, bringing on the guests that can help have some answers, finding out stories, things that I don't know about. I'm learning the game here uh, right alongside of you guys. I'm a railroad worker. I'm a blue collar guy. I've got four children. I've got a wife. We got six mouths to feed. The grocery store prices are killing us. Uh, the, the, The prices at the gas pump are killing us. And I'm feeling it just like you are. So let's deal with this together. Let's discuss the issues. I'm honored that you guys joined me here on the Alec Lay Show. Uh, a big, big thank you to Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears for joining me on today's podcast. I will be back on Thursday live on Rumble, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time with uh, Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn. So don't miss out on that. And again, if you're new to the podcast here, scroll through the archives of the show on the channel and, and check out some of the previous interviews that I've done. Some with Carrie Lake, Judge Jeanine Pirro, Senator Josh Hawley, Dr. Ben Carson. Uh, I've had some great guests on the podcast, and I'm going to continue to seek out the best guests for you guys. All right. I, I told you guys I'm going to move this channel over to the Alec Lay Show on Rumble. So if you're watching on Rumble... Click the follow me on Rumble and then look at my channel, The Alec Lay Show. I'm going to archive all the previous episodes and then I will start going live over there October 1st. All right, again, I can't say thank you enough for joining me here on the podcast. Uh, God bless all you parents that are listening out there. God bless all of our veterans and our first responders. God bless you, uh, listeners. God bless America. And I will catch you guys Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, live on Rumble with Tennessee Senator Marsha Blackburn.